Kia ora and hello friends. Welcome back to the Restoring Connections podcast. My name is Matthew Dawson. It is an honor to be here with you. Um, here at the Restoring Connections podcast, we dive into all kinds of topics around the healing, the deepening, the strengthening of your relationships, um, particularly the most important relationships that you have in your life, the ones that you want to be able to go the distance. Not every relationship is equal in value. All human beings are equal in value, but not every relationship is equal in value. So we're particularly looking at the kind of relationships, the specific ones that you think, yeah, um, it's very important to me that this person is a part of my life and that we're close all the way to the end. Um, and that doesn't just happen. You got to build resilience into a relationship like that if you want it to endure the trials of life. So we look at personal responsibility, proactive care, powerful communication, and healthy boundaries. Those are kind of our four go-tos. Lots of different ways that you can describe these things. Those are just the ways that we find really helpful. Um, so I hope you find it helpful as well. Today we are diving into a topic that is very, very dear to my heart. As you can see, I'm all alone, which is how I used to do these podcasts, but increasingly lately, I never do them alone. I'm always either with Cora, one of the kids. We're exploring being able to do remote interviews. So hopefully we'll be able to get a little bit more of that kind of action going on as well, because we really want to be able to capture the stories from people who are jumping in and doing the online courses that we have. Um, because we get to hear all these stories all the time about breakthroughs that people are having in their core relationships. And we thought it would be really cool to be able to interview people and be able to bring some of those stories out. That's the kind of stuff that really encourages us. And I think you might find it encouraging as well. But as you can see, as of today, I'm all alone. Cora is currently in France. We just spent uh, a few weeks over there. And the plan, we were there together as a family. And the plan was that we would bring... Cora's mom back to New Zealand with us and we would have about six months with her at least here because we really needed to look at some a, like a long-term care solution for her. I won't go into all the details but things have been a little bit challenging for her. She's battling a, a sickness and so we thought that but then at the last minute we realized there's no way we're going to be able to do that so um, because her condition has declined so rapidly in the last six months. So at the last minute, we realized mom's not coming back with us. And that means one of us needs to stick around and be able to see this through. So I jumped on the plane with the four kids. Cora stayed in France and she's still there. We've been back here for five weeks and we don't know when we're going to see her again, actually. It's pretty tough. And I thought, what a perfect moment to dive into the topic of do I need you too much or not enough? Because here we are, like, this is a perfect moment for this because when you think about the needs that we have in a close relationship that kind of, you know, that, that make the relationship work, the meeting of certain needs, and that's how we move forward, that's how we stay connected. Cora's over there, I'm over here. Well, let's just cut right to the chase, shall we? Physical touch, Number one love language for this guy. So, you know, it's not rocket science. Tough times. <laughs> it's it's tough times in this household. It's very, it's uh, it's not, well, just say it. There's not a whole lot of physical touch going on in my life. 
that is for sure. Um, fortunately, Shiloh loves to snuggle um, and jumps in my bed every single morning, which I kind of love. Oh, dear. Um, so those are snuggles, but, you know, no no snuggles from Cora. Uh, so, so, and that's just one thing. You know, there's all kinds of things that, there's needs that just can't be met within this current context that we're in right now. And it makes me think of our journey together as a couple and the way that we have grown in this particular area and, and the way we've had to learn how to navigate. How do we, how do, we do this? You know, I, I was really expecting this need of mine for whatever it is, fill in the blank, for a sense of protection or a sense of, um, or a level of affection that I was anticipating having or that you would provide in a certain way, or that you would, you know, dish out the snuggles in a certain way. Um, and I know this is gonna blow your mind. Cora and I are two completely different people. Can you believe that? I know. It's wild. It's insane. So um, I'm saying that jokingly, obviously, because it. But these things catch us off guard. You know, it, there's things that are just so incredibly normal to me. Of course, that's what you do in a relationship. Of course, that's what it looks like to love. And then this other person that you fall in love with, or becomes your friend, or you go into business with, or you know, whatever, um, or you create, and they're your child. <laughs> And they're so different than you, you know, they're so different, their whole way, what it means, like this question of what is love, what does it look like to love, they would see that in a totally different way, there's a totally different wiring. So we end up in this context with unmet needs. And it's funny, as painful as it is, you know, it's really the testing ground, you know, that some of the most precious moments that Cor and I have had together, or even that I've had with my close friends, are moments where we, we look at each other and we realize, you know what, there's no way I'm going to be able to meet that need, and I'm not even going to try. And that might be because I'm kind of uncomfortable with you even asking that from me, or, and we try to handle that without judgment, right? You know, there's no point in kind of going, ew, like, what the heck is wrong with you? That's not helpful. But I can still be in control of me. I can sort of you know, I can, I can not judge you and assume the highest of you, not treat you like there's something wrong with you, but I can still say no, you know, if that doesn't sit well with me. So it may be that I'm uncomfortable with you even asking that of me, or it may be something that I look at as, and I go, yeah, absolutely. That is a completely legitimate thing to ask, but right now it's just staying in the cards. I just don't have capacity. Maybe I'm battling something in my health or maybe I'm, I'm battling depression, or maybe I'm, I'm I don't know, uh, whatever, fill in the blank. Life happens, right? And there's just simply not a capacity to be able to meet that need, or any other kind of thing. The point I'm trying to make is that we run into these moments um, where, where needs are not met, and the question becomes, what do we do? And I have actually, um, as painful as it is, you know, it's funny, pain, Pain's not really, and you've probably heard me say this a whole bunch, and I say it all the time because I still think it's so profound, um, but pain really isn't the big issue when it comes to relationships. It's amazing the kind of pain, that, like the level of pain that we can get through 
that we can endure when we know what the pain is for, when we're not confused, right? So pain and peace can definitely coexist. I can be totally at peace and in a huge amount of pain, you know? One of my, maybe, maybe one of my children is going through something really awful, and that doesn't throw me through into a huge existential crisis. Sometimes it does, but I'm talking about when it doesn't. And I can just sit in that space and be in a huge amount of pain, but I'm at peace with, you know, the situation with planet Earth, the realities of life. And so we can't say the same thing for peace and confusion, though. When there's confusion, when there's chaos, when it's like, what the heck is going on? Um, that, just, that just crushes a relationship. Confusion is just the worst absolutely the worst. So that's what we really want to avoid. And with that in mind, I've found some of the most precious moments, that's what I was getting at a minute ago, is, is that some of these mo the most precious moments are the moments where we realize, I'm not going to meet that need, but I honor you. I don't judge you for having that need, and I love you, and this is what I can do. And I'm hoping that grace is going is to be able to make up the difference. And that's a give and take. So, um, with all that in mind, we're looking at, do I need you too much or not enough? Because we can see that love exists when a, within a state of tension. You know, I'm, I'm like, um, I, I'm very much a harmony kind of a person. I don't, you know, I don't run into conflict by any means. It's my natural wiring. It's the sort of I love saying yes to people. I love agreeing with people. I love to sit around with, you know, and talk about all the things that we agree about. That's kind of just the way I'm wired. But I'll tell you what, I have become more and more convinced of the value of tension. Tension, there, I know, you're either, when you hear the word tension, you either kind of go negative, negative, you know, or you go, ooh, positive, positive. I don't know how you're wired. For me, tension is like, the connotation is very negative, but it's shifting. Because I'm realizing you, that healthy relationship, healthy love, necessarily exists within a state of tension. As soon as you say, you matter and I matter as well. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your needs are significant. And my thoughts and needs and feelings are significant as well. Boom, we got tension. If you matter and I don't, well, that's easy. There's no tension. You know, whew. and that's why, and I think it's important to take a step back. I'm always asking myself this question. Why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Am I, am I writing this email? Am I sending this message? Am I looking with this look on my face? Am I engaging in this way as a way of running away from tension? Or am I doing that, you know, or, you know, because if that's the case, it's kind of like, stop it. <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> You know, that, that a healthy relationship actually exists within the state of tension. My dear friend, Cindy Rurakeri, she um, brought this, uh, she, she shared something with a group of us one time down at the Marai, um, not too far from here, around how the body, if you imagine the body walking, you know, anybody's body, your body, my body, walking requires this tremendous amount of tension in the body. At any given moment, there's all this tension between bones and muscles and ligaments. And, and without that tension, you just, 
you're just a lump, you know, that it's actually everything, even me speaking right now, there's all this tension between muscles. And, and, and so, so the question becomes, okay, how do we get that right? Because of course, too much, if I, if I depend on you way too much, we look at it kind of like a scale. Imagine you're going to the, to the right of the scale. I got my notes written on my desk here. I got this cool, like whiteboard desk kind of thing. And so I've written my notes all over here. On, on the right side of the scale, I've got, you know, too much, too much, I need, I'm depending on you way too much, or what we call codependence, right? Um, if it's going both ways, you know, I'm depending on you way too much. It's unsustainable. It's basically, I'm putting a weight of expectation. There, there is, I'm depending on you for things that are far more than what is actually sustainable between us. I'm having an identity crisis basically based on, uh, you know, on your behavior. So my world is wrapped around you. And if you love me, then, you know, then I'm good. You know, if you meet all my needs, then I'm fine. And if you do something that makes me feel rejected, well, I'm crushed. My life is over, right? Okay, I think we can all agree that's unhealthy, right? But then the other extreme, so you if you're the kind of person that goes, oh, I would never do that. How ridiculous, only immature people will do that. Well, track with me, because everybody's gonna, on a bad day, you're gonna veer to, you know, hopefully you just crush it all the time and you just got healthy, wonderful tension all the time, you know? Well, awesome, you should be running this podcast, not me. Um, but, you know, the rest of us in humanity, we, we're all gonna naturally gravitate depending on your wiring your experiences your culture your personality you're gonna you know when in a moment of weakness and challenge you're gonna one of these is gonna be more tempting so if you look at that and go i would never do that well because because i'm saying that because that's me i would look at that and i i don't typically you know i'm a i i lean you know personal responsibility is a is generally speaking, is a strength of mine. I usually, when something's going wrong, I internalize that. I, I don't, I'm not, um, it's not natural for me or tempting to me to blame the people around me. It's, it's usually, my, my challenge is more the opposite. I usually blame myself, right? I think there's something wrong with me. Um, so then the other extreme, which people like me t are gonna sh more typically veer towards in, or certainly find it more tempting is the is the other extreme of I don't need you at all. I become numb. I'm unaffected as a way of dealing with my disappointment in you because disappointment is awful. So how do how do we medicate disappointment? Well, get rid of hope, right? Because that's the you can only experience. My dad taught me this. You can only experience disappointment, you know, in proportion to the level of hope in your life, and so. So that's why, oh, you know, just get rid of hope and you get rid of disappointment. Well, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. But is that the way you want to live your life? You're going to struggle to have any meaningful connection with anybody, right? Because you're going to go numb. You're going to go unaffected. You're going to say, eh, whatever. I'm not affected by you. I'm detaching myself. And there's no connection. So that's the other extreme, right? Now, Sometimes that's completely necessary, like a complete, you know, if there's situations of abuse and all that kind of stuff, you, you know, obviously there needs to be um, that level of detachment. So just to, just to toss that out, I'm aware of that for sure. But we're talking about, we're talking about stewarding deep connection 
with the most important people in our lives here. That's what we're really getting at. Okay, my my cousin Raphael, he's been sharing with me. He's kind of he's kind of stoked on this, and and uh, and I'm finding it really a powerful picture. I don't know where he got it from. Maybe he maybe he came up with it. I don't know. But the uh, the idea is, you got two candles, and they're distinct, but the flame is connected, right? So you got two candles sort of, you know, uh, starting from two different points, but the tips are, are together and the flame is one. And it's like, yeah, come on. It's a little, it's like, you know, it's a little cheesy, but hey, I love cheesy stuff and it works. It's a powerful picture because what we're saying is, you know, we're not looking at individuals being two halves that then become whole when they form a relationship with each other, a friendship, partnership, you know, and, and we say this kind of stuff, you complete me, right? Yeah, garbage. <laughs> that's, that's a terrible foundation for a relationship. No, I don't. I don't complete you. Um, that's a really cool romantic thing to say, but that's going to be disastrous. Am I still going to complete you when I'm at my lowest, when I'm a complete jerk, when I don't know up from down, when I'm struggling? When I'm depressed, do I still complete you? Probably not, right? So, so let's look at, I want to make this really practical. I want to sort of bring this in and land it in a, in a really practical way. Um, and I've, there's uh, straight, and then from, from one of the books of the new, from like the, you know, there's, it, when we're talking about the Bible, we've got the, the older bit that's before Jesus was around, and then we've got the newer bit. Um, and so track with me whether or not you are interested in the Bible at all. There is, um, there's nine things that are identified in a particular book, and I find them incredibly helpful. And I think regardless of how you view the Bible or, you know, um, I, I, my, my, my hunch is that you're going to find this really helpful anyways, because these are all things that are completely normal in our culture, you know. Um, on planet earth in 2022 anyways right um, so we've got nine things here that i would basically encourage you to consider these are the nine things that i've decided regardless of your behavior this is my my commitment is to bring this into this relationship regardless of whether you meet my needs regardless of you know this is my commitment this is what I'm bringing in. This is what this is my commitment for for from my in my half of this relationship, right? You've got your half. I've got my half. I don't know what you're going to do with your half. I really hope that you bring these nine things as well, but I don't know if you will. You're in control of you. I can only be in control of me. On a good day, I'm doing a good job of being in control of me, man. To add trying to be in control of you on top of that, no chance. No chance. There's no way I'm going to be able to do that well, right? That's a disaster. If I'm trying to be in control of you, I'm probably not going to do either of them. I'm not going to be controlling me well or you well. That's just a train wreck. So forget that. That sucks. But I have got a shot at at least doing a good job of being in control of me, right? Okay, here they are in not in any particular order, right? Hope, peace, patience joy, love. Love is like a pretty broad one, but I'm thinking of this particular, like 
I'm interpreting this word, I'm thinking of it as the act of love, as in like, you know, more than a feeling. <laughs> love is a verb, right? I'm, I'm, it's the, it's the actual, what we would call proactive care in our, in our course, you know, it's that sense of, I'm actually feeding this relationship with expressions of care, right? Love, goodness, that one's pretty broad as well, but I actually really like it. Um, we'll unpack it a little bit. Faithfulness, kindness, and my personal favorite, self-control. Okay, so what I'm saying is these things are not on the line. You, these things are, regardless of your behavior, the, these are my non-negotiables. This is what I am bringing into this relationship. And I'll tell you what, friends, let me be straight up. This is hard. This is like bringing all these nine things bringing it into the connection. I'm not saying if you don't bring these nine things that you, you know, then you suck. What I'm talking about is that if you if you don't bring these nine things, it, you've got to decide whose problem is that, right? Okay, so let's take hope, for example. I'm so hopeless. I'm so hopeless. Whose problem is that? I'm hopeless, therefore I need you to Da, 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 so that I can have hope. No, no, that's crushing. No one can hand, no one can carry that, right? Peace, I'm out of control. My life is chaos, right? I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm stressed out of my mind because you, da, 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 I need you to do all this stuff so that I can be at peace. Man, I'm telling you, friend, it's, it's a slippery slope. That you're giving that person way too much power, right? Way too much power. I don't. No one else gets to decide whether or not I'm at peace. Imagine me asking you that question. So tomorrow morning, are you going to have a day that's filled with peace? You're going to go. I don't know. Depends on how everybody treat me. Treats me. And I'm going. That doesn't sound like that's going to go very well. Because if your life is anything like mine, you're on planet Earth you're probably not going to get treated all the time the way you want to get treated, you know? And, and half the time, you know, people are going to do stuff that you interpreted in a particular way and, you know, what they did is not even necessarily wrong, but it still hurts and it still freaks you out and gives you, makes you want to, you know, not makes you want to. It sort of triggers an identity crisis in you. What the heck is going on? There goes my peace. Patience. Joy. You know, maybe you know what it feels like to be partnered with someone who is constantly depressed. And and I'm not saying we don't have compassion for that. Absolutely. 100%. Cor and I have both journeyed through times with each other and with others where we've taken turns being the person that's just, it's like a, it's like you're trying to start the engine and the battery is just flat and it's just click, click. There's nothing there. And try as you may. I mean, this is where I get myself in trouble because I'm a real positivity, glass half full kind of a person. I can, you know, try my best to take responsibility for someone else's joy and happiness. And I can keep that up for a little while. But eventually it turns to hate. I'm just calling it what it is. It does. I wouldn't put it in any other. I wouldn't use any other word. I've seen that happen in my own heart. It will, it will turn to hate right? Because I get exhausted and then I blame you, you know, because my, all of my 
all of my constant effort to try to make you happy, it's not going to work because you've got to take responsibility for this, for this relationship for, uh, between us to be healthy. It doesn't mean I don't have compassion for you. Absolutely. But I can't, I'm not going to try to fix you. I'm not going to try to give you joy. I'm not going to try to make you good, right? Goodness. I love this one. Um, we have phrases like, you make me a better person, right? I like, what's that song? I like me better when I'm with you. It's, it's cute. You know, it's cute. Careful. Um, that's all I'm saying. That's, you know, I would treat that pretty carefully. You know, you make me a better person. You, I'm kind of like, yeah, you bring out the best in me. I'm cool with that. Language is powerful. I'm a bit of a words guy, so I like to kind of dissect, you know, the language that we use. You bring out the best in me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You make me a better person. I don't know. I don't know. I just think, I'm not saying it's absolutely wrong. I'm just, this is just preference for my, all I'm saying is you got to sniff around that. What's going on underneath underneath that? Because I'll tell you what, I want the people who I'm close to to take responsibility for their own goodness. I don't want their goodness. I don't want their being a good person to depend on me and my behavior. That doesn't sound like any fun at all. Because I know me. I'm like, do not anchor your entire life around me. Man, that sound, I know I know me. Trust me. You do not want to anchor your whole life around me. That's not going to go well for you. Faithfulness, right? I will be faithful to you. I will be faithful to you. My, you know, um that is my commitment. That's what I'm bringing in this kindness. This is a big one for many of us. How could I possibly be kind to you when you do this? Da, 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 da. Imagine that. Imagine if you completely got rid of your get out of jail free card around kindness and you took and you took 100% responsibility anytime. It's not to say it's not to say that the other person the other person shouting at you, right? It's not to say that that's okay. But it is to say I want you to picture yourself somebody being able to treat you terribly. But that cannot bring you to a point where you are not kind because there's something inside of you. There's something inside of you that is resilient and determined to bring these things. And even, and if somebody does something that really hurts you and you react with, you know, in, in, in anger and frustration and a total lack of kindness, you may need to forgive that person because that doesn't mean that you know, again, it's just, we think, okay, is it all them or is it all me? Well, it's probably both, but I'm going to take responsibility for me, right? And all of these kind of point towards self-control. In some ways, self-control is kind of the banner over this whole thing I'm talking about. So, so we've, we've established what is not, these are the things that are not on the line. The, and what I mean is like by on the line is these are the things that regardless of what you bring into the connection, this is what I have determined I will bring. And okay, so getting back to this question, do I need you too much or not enough? Well, the question is, you know, the, the, the second, the next question that comes along is why do I need this from you? This fill in the blank, whatever it is that you feel like you need, right, from this person. I need them to affirm me more. I need them to spend more quality time with me. I need them to 
you know, be more joyful. I need them to whatever, whatever, fill in the blank. If the answer, if, if, if the answer to the question of why do I need this from them is that if I don't get this need met, I cannot have hope. I cannot have peace. I cannot have um, patience. I can't be patient. I cannot have joy and happiness. I cannot be loving. I cannot be a good person. I cannot be faithful. I cannot be kind. I cannot have self-control. If that is the then if the answer is I need this from you in order to to you know to to bring these one of these things any of these to the table that's too much that is too much that is that's you're basing your life too much on that person that is a weight that is not appropriate to put on that person so where do you go with it well I know what I do I go to God I go to God I go to the Bible. And I, and I get help with getting the healing that I need. I look at, I go, okay, that, what I did, you know, okay, so what's a recent example? Okay, so yesterday, Kiana came to me and she said that she needed help. She's got exams coming up and she needs help with her transport because the exams week at school is totally different. And I'm on my own. Cora's over in France. Right. Normally, we just sort of get together and figure this out. I can only be in one place at one time, and so this is a stressful moment for me. And I'm, I'm sad to say, and embarrassed to say that I took that out. I took some of that frustration out on Kiana. I wasn't awful, but I was edgy, and not fun. I, what was I not? I was not kind. Uh, I wasn't very patient, and I was not very peaceful. Neither was I very hopeful about the situation. Okay, so wow. Now I look at it, I'm like, man, that was worse than I even thought. <laughs> so, so what do I do with that? That's the question. I, I stuffed it up. I didn't bring this into the connection. Where do I go with that? And I'm training my mind to take responsibility for that. I'm getting rid of my, jail, my get out of jail free card, right? Because there's a part of me that wants to point to everything else that I can blame. Right? Oh, well, it's this situation. Cora's not here. And so, da 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 da, you know, and it's that. And there's not enough money. And how the heck am I? Right? And you should have told me two weeks ago and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, to be fair, a little more proactive communication um, might have been helpful. But then again, I've, I've got the school calendar. Right? So I didn't look closely enough at it. Um, so, so you could see that creeping in right there. There's a little part of me just wants to. Throw Kiana under the bus, but I'm going, no, no, I'm owning that. I am owning my responsibility. Now, sometimes there is, sometimes it's more nuanced than that. Sometimes it is like, hey, you know, there's only so much I can do, but that's very different. Setting a boundary for myself, looking at Kiana and saying, do you know what, darling? This isn't going to work. I'm not going to be able to do that. It's a no from dad. Notice that on this list of nine things, you won't find do everything the other person asks you to do. Like You can do exactly what I just said. I can do that with hope. I can do that with peace and patience, joy, love, all those kind of things. So I'm not saying have no boundaries. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying embody these things no matter what. And when you don't, and you won't, when you don't, take responsibility for it. So what I do... I go, gee, that's weird. Because I'm a pretty good guy. 
I got connection with God, right? And I am in in you know we um, I believe in in that God is made up of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Spirit in my life. So I'm thinking, gee, that's weird. Why would somebody who's modeling their life after Christ is filled with the Holy Spirit do something that's really unkind, right? Hmm, that's a little odd. So I don't just go, oh yeah, well, that is what it is. That's life, you know. I go, no, 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 that's weird. And I'm gonna, not, I'm weird. Thank you, Nicholas Howard, my friend. Um, he's given me this. It's not that you're weird, but that was weird. <laughs> I really love that language. Okay, it's not that I'm weird, but that was odd. That's not, that's not right. And I'm going to get to the bottom of that. And so, and so I did. I got to the bottom of where was that frustration come from? Had, had, had to do with something that had happened about an hour and 15 minutes before in a conversation with somebody else that there was unresolved. And I was a bit angry, really. I was just maybe frustrated is a better word. There was some frustration there about something somebody else did. And I took that on on, on Kiana. So, so straight away the next, well, that, that night, yeah, last night, you know, knock, knock, knock on Kiana's door and I'm making it right. And I'm saying, hey, let me be honest with you. This is what took place. This is where that was actually coming from. Um, I don't think I was very fun, you know, in that conversation and I'm owning that. You deserve better than that. I'm committed to being peaceful, hopeful, patient, and I dropped the ball and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm working on it, right? And of course, she looks at me with this beautiful, gorgeous smile and says, I love you, Dad. I forgive you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, because, yeah, you were, you, were, you were much fun. <laughs> I, love, I love it when my kids are honest with me. Okay, so these things are not on the line. So that's, that's a bit of a grid because often people are asking the question, do I need this person? Am I, you know, am I too dependent? Well, if the answer is I can't be one of these nine things, I can't, this can't come out of my life unless you meet these needs. Yeah, that's too dependent, right? What about the other way? If I'm going, if I'm, if, yes, okay, I'm completely cutting myself off from you if you're the other way, right? If your temptation is to go the other way, I'm numb, I'm unaffected, you can't hurt me. I'm, I'm filled with hope, I'm filled with peace, filled with patience, joy, ah, but love. You can, you can cut yourself off, be unaffected, and kind of tick all these other boxes, kind of nail it, but love, ain't, it ain't gonna work. For you to be actively investing love into the connection, you can't do that when you're numb. You can't do that when you're unaffected. Because loving, it's when you love somebody, even if the emotions aren't there, when you invest, you know, and when you sacrifice something that's important to you, force someone, you, you spend your money on them, you spend your time on them, you affirm them, you honor them, you think about them, and you hug them, and you kiss them, and you, you know, all those wonderful things, your heart comes along. Right, and so that's the one. There's, you know, that's the one that'll get you, if you. That's that's me, right? Because on a, you know, I'm more of a when I, my temptation isn't to sort of like blame somebody and go T-Rex on them. My temptation is to just go, okay, cut you off, see ya, don't need you, don't want to be affected by you anymore. And that's what I gotta watch, because I can feel it. I can feel it when it starts creeping in that numbness, you know, and it's just like go away. 
I think I'm a, I'm a three, I think, on the Enneagram. And then I'm pretty sure that means I go to the nine in an unhealthy moment, which is kind of, which the unhealthy nine is basically that, everything I just described. I'm, a, I'm an Enneagram ignoramus. I don't have Cora here to, to keep me on the straight and narrow. So my apologies, uh, I apologize if I totally got that wrong. That wrong. Um, okay, so these things are not on the line. Then, okay, I'm bringing this home now. So you might be thinking, okay, Matt, well, what is on the line? Surely, surely this person's behavior, like I'm just going to completely, it sounds exhausting. I'm just going to bring all this awesomeness into the relationship no matter what, even if they're terrible to me. Okay, now, of course, yes, there is something on the line. What is on the line is trust Trust the feeling and trust the action. That is what is on the line, right? So I can still bring all this awesomeness, all these nine things into this relationship, but I'm, I am managing, based on your behavior, I'm managing the trust levels between us. When I say trust the feeling, that means how close I feel to you, how confident I am, right? Trust the action is the choice to actually actively trust someone. So uh, you, you've probably heard me say this before. It's, pro it's the most helpful way I can put it. Okay, when I go rock climbing with my brother Paul, do I, do I have the trust, the feeling towards the rock climbing gear? No. I've only been about four times and I, it's terrifying for me. I don't like it, right? It's, it's not a good feeling. But, I, but do, I, do I have the action of trust? Yes. Even though the feeling isn't there, I strap myself in, I look at my brother Paul, and he's got a big smile on his face, and he's like, yep, we're not going to die. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> the scariest thing for me by far is when he's climbing and I'm holding the rope. My brother Paul is like one of the most loved, lovable people on the planet. And if I was in some way responsible for his doom uh, uh would be hard would be hard to carry on um <clears throat> so without getting too distracted by that before i start crying about how much i love my brother paul um okay trust so we've got what is on the line trust okay i need this from you right so you let's say you are depressed I'm still going to bring hope. I'm still going to bring peace. I'm still going to bring patience. I'm going to... Oh, okay, all those things. Am I going to feel close to you without you bringing any joy into this connection? Probably not, right? So that's what's on the line. I may not feel close to you. And Cor and I have had that conversation with each other. And I've had that conversation with friends before. Hey, you don't have to meet this need, but I want you to know if you don't, I'm not going to punish you. I'm still going to be, I'm still going to take responsibility for being awesome, for being fun. But I want you to know, I'm not going to feel close to you. I'm not going to feel a whole lot of connection in this relationship. And if it's more significant than that, I may actually have to manage, trust the action. Do we, am I, the question becomes, if it gets, if the, if there's very significant needs that are really not getting met, like you are sleeping with other people, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of the most extreme thing I can think off the top of my head, or you are, you know, you are, you know, abusing 
the kids, you are abusing me, you are whatever, it's like a whatever, fill in the blank with something. Then the question becomes, will I stay in this arrangement, right? So I'm still bringing the nine. Whew, that's tough, man. That's tough, but I'm still bringing the nine. But guess what? I get to decide, do I still want to be in this arrangement? Do we need a, Do we need to redefine the level of commitment here? Um, because if you are not going to meet that need, if you are not going to fulfill certain promises that we made to each other, then I may need to look at, I may need to have a fresh look at this arrangement. I might not want to be married to you anymore if you are physically abusing me. I might not want to be your business partner anymore if you are embezzling funds or you're not open with me about what's going on, right? So, or maybe even more in more simple terms, I may not, I may, the, the other thing is, the next question becomes, how much of myself will I share with you? We've had times where, you know, Cora's looked at me, I think I've shared this before, and she said, until I can see a bit of a change in you in this particular area, and she's saying this with a smile on her face, love in her heart, she's saying she's still going to bring the nine, that's not on the line, but she's saying and still, until I see a change in this, I'm, I'm going to withhold the fullness of what of what's in my heart. I may not share with you everything that's going on in my heart. I'm having a tantrum. Like, you can't do that. But she can. She absolutely can. She gets to decide how much of her heart that she will share with me, how much of her truth that she will share with me. So I'm hoping that's empowering because you're looking at the nine and you're going, flip. Okay, I'm going to bring all that all day long, all the time. You probably won't, but you're going to take responsibility for it. You're going to make it right when you don't, clean up your messes when you don't. But I'm hoping that you feel empowered by the, 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 what is on the line is I get to manage my trust, trust the feeling, trust the action. So I'll finish up with a story. So what's today? Wednesday. So this was Monday morning. Shiloh wakes me up at four o'clock in the morning. She needs water. She's not feeling well, right? And then I notice that there's a Marco Polo video, this video messaging app that Cora and I use. There's a Marco Polo video from Cora at four. I'm, I'm thinking I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I'm thinking maybe there's a breakthrough in the situation over in France. So I want to just, you know, that's just what goes through my mind. So yeah, there's a message. It's probably good news, right? This was not good news. This was terrible news. Cora was basically, she's, she's crying. I, isn't this, this is why I always talk about my relationship with Cora is because I, I know that she doesn't mind me sharing this. We have all these experiences with all these other people, but I don't necessarily have their permission to talk about it, but I can definitely talk about me and Cora. <laughs> so she's crying and she's hit kind of a, 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 you know, a real low and things are not working out. It's really tough. Um, she's not too sure you know, what, what's going to happen. She doesn't know when she's going to see her kids again. And I had even shared some good news back here. And even that she was just like, you know, had just nothing good to say about that. You know, she had concerns, you know, she just had concerns about things. And, and, um, and I find myself feeling like angry <laughs> because it is. And, and so I'm going, Ugh, and I'm stressed you know, and I just feel this level of stress rising up in me. And all of a sudden, what's going to go? Peace out the window. Patience out the window, right? Joy out the window. It's now 7 a.m. 
right? I wasn't able to get back to sleep. It, well, it's probably 6.30 and the kids are all up. I'm making lunch boxes. I'm, I'm trying to, Shiloh wants to play Uno and she wants to play the piano and she wants to finish coloring in this little picture that her friend Phoebe sent to her in the mail and, you know, and probably three or four other things. Um, and, and all these, all these things that I've committed to bringing into the, into the connection with my kids, they're all out the window. There's no peace. I'm grumpy. I'm stressed. Right. But I've learned to take a moment and just take a step back and just go, where is this coming from? Why do I feel out of control? What is it going to take for me to get myself back into a good space? Because if the answer to that is I have to rewind the clock and Cora has to not send me that message. Well, that's not going to work, right? And you know what? I realize what it is. It's this creeping thing again that I feel responsible for her happiness. It's my, it's my brand, you know, that I go to, you know, that I got to really watch. We've all got stuff that we've got to watch and that's what I've got to watch. And so I just coach myself through this little, I just go, I'm not responsible for her happiness. And then because I'm an Enneagram 3, I go, I just say this out loud because it's true. That's what makes, it's not just some positive vibe thing. What makes it powerful is that it's true. I'm not responsible for her happiness, right? And I look at what I've done. I'm back here. I've got the kids on my own. And I just pause for a minute and I just ask myself the question, have I done enough? Have I done enough? And I say to myself, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I have definitely done enough. I have done my best. And just peace just washes over me. And I just go, and all of a sudden that anger is replaced by compassion. And I'm just feeling for Cora and what she's going through, right? So then eight o'clock comes around and I'm supposed, to, and that's when we have our, our, our call every morning. And, and I'm in a totally different space and we're talking and I'm able to just listen. I'm supposed to be in the gym by 8.30, right? Because that's one of the ways that I'm staying sane and one of the ways I'm still being hopeful and peaceful and patient and joyful, all these things, is I get my time at the gym in the morning. And she was, and so, but I made a choice. I decided, you know what? Forget gym, my gym time today. I'm just gonna listen to my wife's heart. But I'm not doing it because I have to, right? Because remember, I get to decide how much of me will I share, you know, like, will I, am I comfortable with this arrangement right now that we're having? Because you know what? What if I was to say, darling, I love you dearly. This is my gym time and I need to go. She would have said, oh, that's tough, but okay. But I made an active choice. I said, I'm going to hang in there. So we chatted on the phone for about 45 minutes, almost an hour. And we get to the end of it and I'm like, okay, cool. And then I notice that my lights have been on the entire time. Because that's how I am. I think like I miss little details. When I have a change of rhythm, I miss these little details. And I go to start my car and the battery's flat. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if I, if you can just picture it, can't you? You can just picture it. I knew it. Stupid freaking dirt and life and Cora and kids and the world and that. But I'm not going there. I'm not going there because I'm making that choice. I'm coaching myself through that. I am responsible for me. And so I just laughed. I just laughed. I said, well, I guess that that's the result. That's, you know, that's what happened. 
not like, oh, well, that's what you get. But kind of for me, I'm like, I just laughed. I'm like, yeah, I made a choice to take this time with her. And, and this is, and this is part of the consequence of that choice. That's not her, her fault. That's me. So I'm going to deal with that. Fortunately, there was this awesome group of young dudes. Um, I got to, and I, as I started interacting with them, I found out that they were from India and they were working, you know, on some telecommunication thing. I mean, it's dumping down rain, it's muddy, and they're out there digging this trench and just legends. And I'm like, here I come in the rain, you know, across the road, homies, bros, <laughs> any chance that you'd be willing to help me jump start the car? I got the cables, I got the hood up, I'm all ready to go. And of course, it's just like, yeah, absolutely, totally. So they bring the van around and jumpstart and everything's all good. Okay, friends, I hope that you find that helpful. Do I need you too much or not enough? Hopefully, I've given you a bit of a grid that you can kind of, you know, that you can kind of ask yourself that question. And it's not just a once-off. It's a you're constantly navigating, keeping that healthy amount of tension. Right? I don't want to go numb. Don't want to get unaffected. Don't want to lose a sense of connection and love, Right? But neither do I want to go into codependence, identity crisis, too much, unsustainable. We're sticking in that healthy tension, and hopefully that's given you a few tools as to as to how to do that. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Next up, we're I think in the next maybe this maybe a few episodes. I don't know. Maybe we'll cover it in one, but we might do a few. Um, I'm hoping that my daughter Eva is going to jump in with me and we are going to be diving into how do I dismantle an atomic bombversation and we're going to be looking specifically this is kind of around the personal responsibility side of things what we did today that one's going to be more on the powerful communication side we're looking at really really stupid communication tools um, that often that all you know many of us use you like I still struggle with some of these you'll probably recognize that you do some of them or that you hear some of them they're quite normal but they're super unhelpful and um and then like like respect like dismantling you know disarming responses to these kind of communication tools and then and then we'll look at different communication tools that could be a lot better um, yeah, so that should be pretty cool. I think you're going to find that helpful. Uh, it's certainly stuff that I've found helpful. All right, see you later. We hope you found the conversation and stories on today's podcast helpful and insightful. If you want to go deeper, Restoring Connections offers online courses that cover key topics like personal responsibility, proactive care, powerful communication, and healthy boundaries. Go to www.restoringconnections.nz for more information. This podcast is funded by generous supporters from all over the world. Please consider supporting by going to the Restoring Connections website and hitting the Contribute button. By partnering with us, you're helping to provide mentoring, workshops and training to others who are also restoring their connections.